Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. Why are you rolling your eyes at me? I'm not rolling my, your, my eyes at you. The Nightcap. Makes me regret that the Flyers were so garbage early in the season. Oh, right. Anybody could be making right. noise right. Right. Yes, let's let's lament about the Flyers when let's the Sabres were actually in a playoff spot for the entire year. On WGR. Kyle, what is wrong I with you? I can't do that. Sports Radio 550. That really sucked, by the way. Oh, that was right. That was uh, sound from our latest Leftovers podcast we did on Monday when you had me go through a very grueling and, frankly, Oh, very like, testing. I feel like I'm being challenged here. Uh, yeah, I'm challenging. A very oh, testing. It was, oh, man. That's a very testy Kyle v- Video Powell. game Hall of Fame. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, welcome back to the Nightcap Hour <laughs> 2. Derek Kramer and Kyle Powell filling in for Joe DiBiase. In case you're wondering, what is not Sneaky Joe doing yelling at someone else right now? That's not something that happens anymore. And, uh, no, that's that's because that's true. This is Derek Kramer and Kyle Powell coming in hot for second hour of the Nightcap here tonight. On WGR, Marcus Watkins, our intern, doing a little work behind the scenes as well as usual. So tip of the cap to him as well. Beach Else 22 said, you said, gave you that idea? Yes. That we did on the leftovers? Yes. Yeah, wasn't I telling you that most of those games were from my youth where I played with my brother and my neighborhood friends? And Mm -hmm. I told them all about this, and they listened to it, and they tried to guess my list. They were all wrong. We had four different lists. There you go. That's uh, it's a good listen. It was a good listen. That was the Leftovers podcast. That's on demand on demand at WGR five fifty dot com as well. So, what are you watching in here? I just have not changed the channel. What is this? I don't know. Why it's somebody gen- just punted a, a child's toy in a store? What what, <laughs> what commercial off, is this? First off, life goals. I feel like you haven't lived until you've punted a child's toy in a store. I guess not. It's it's got to be one of the more fun antics that there, that there has to be in life, right? Punting a child's toy in a store? Just punting anything in a store. <laughs> Is it just the little things? Yes, because yeah. you probably break your foot on a bigger thing. Yeah. We're coming up. We're coming off with a bunch of nonsense right now. Let's try to reel things back in here. I hate the NHL playoffs. Howard Simon wrote something about the Eastern Conference playoffs being dead to him. And I would definitely agree with him because my hatred for Boston is just enough already. And then there's Carolina, and I will never give up about 2006. And now that Dallas is gone, I really don't have a quarrel with St. Louis anymore. I think that I'm okay with the Blues now because the damage was done with the pick. Now it's whatever. And then obviously tonight's game, 845 right here in WGR with San Jose and Colorado. And you can you can have a lot of fun with that. You can have a lot of fun with those teams. It's been a fun series. As one caller referenced in the last hour, Colorado is what Buffalo was hoping to gear up to be this year. Right, right, right. They are they are heavily reliant on a very very good top line. 
Secondary scoring is what it is. They've gotten a little bit in the playoffs. Tyson Jost. Yeah, it's a big true. name you see every now and then, scoring some big the goals. selected after Alex Nylander. How about that? Yep. And uh, Let's add yeah. some more salt to wounds, people. <laughs> We're here for it. 803-0550, open phones, open topics, whatever you want to talk about here today. We talked about, for example, the Bills' Talgate Village. How are you feeling about the Bills, by the way? Because, honestly, I'm loving what has happened here under Brandon Bean. They're kind of saying, all right, this is for real now. That first year we made the playoffs, that was a bonus. The second year was going to involve a little bit of struggling with a rookie quarterback that we believe is going to be the face of the franchise. This year, it's time. Now there's real expectations to put on this team. And I'm ready for it because they have looked very promising. They were very aggressive with free agency. They were aggressive once again throughout the draft, going and getting players that they wanted. And I really would like to see what happens here. I can't wait for training camp at this point. Counting down the days, especially with how the NHL playoffs are pissing me off. So I can't deal with that anymore. Rookie minicamp starts Friday. Friday. And then it's just going to it's gonna hit you. It's going to hit. These days are going to start rolling. They're going to be in OTAs before you know it. And, wow, as much as I don't want to see summer go by fast. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for fall, the elite season, by the way. I'm ready you just for want fall. to bypass summer just like that? Yes. Oh, my Lord. Yes. After the winter we I'm have kidding. endured, after the spring that we have, we're living through right now? You know that means that summer's going to hit just as hard, right? In what regard? How is summer going to hit just as hard? What like skin-melting That's fine by me. That is fine by me. I'm also weird. That's okay. I'd rather... Also, would, also football comes back. I'd so, rather live in 110 degrees and 10 I'd, degrees. I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather live in... Buffalo in fall forever. That's not an option. It's not an option, but that's what I want. Dang it. That's what I want because I think that that would be the best thing in the world. Then you know also, what? Here, you know because, what? Here's your cake. Football. Here's your cake. You can eat it too. I can't because it's not ex- it's not something that exists. <laughs> but I'm excited for back to what I'm supposed to say here. The Bills are so exciting to me at this point. Yes, I know we do this every year with Bills fans and, you know, everything of the sort where it's like Hey, you know, this this is the year. This is the year. Are, are, are we sure about that? I mean, we were in the midst of a 17-year playoff drought, and then they make it thanks to, you know, a little bit of help, but they still took care of their own business. And then they go ahead and, after 17 years of not making the playoffs, they score three points. But then, then, then next year's the year. No, like, I'm not going to say anything stupid. But. In Buffalo's defense, you put up three points against a legend. Under center. I don't like you right now. You're referencing Blake Bortles as a legend, and I just don't like you. You're just being a troll right now. I'm not being a troll. You are being 100% a troll. I'm not being a troll. How many, how many quarterbacks? you across a retail store. How many quarterbacks have their own fan-run Twitter accounts? Um, You got me there, I guess. But, I call that but I'm ready. Status. I'm ready. The, the amount of times you're throwing me off right now, I'm ready to punt you through a retail store. That's all right, man. I'll throw a snack bar cheeseburger at you. I'm just trying to prep our listeners for the madness that will be another Game 7. I mean, I get that, but uh, I'm trying to make a point here, damn it. That's fine. I'm excited with what the Bills are doing. I don't want to say anything stupid, but I also suspect that the Bills should be fighting for a wild card spot this year. If they're not, it is a colossal disappointment. 
I'm probably going to get angry about the coach. And, you know, everything kind of turns back toward what are you guys doing? Because this is the team you have taken all shades of Whaley and Rex out of here. Now what? This is your team. You have been building. Brandon Bean even said, give me two years on that salary cap to work things out. You have cleared all cap penalties, except for Charles Clay, which is a nice, cool $4.5 million. That's not really going to be much. It's a blip on the radar now compared to the years past. This is it. I know things are not complete still. I still have questions about tight end. I still have questions about getting a top-tier wide receiver. That's not easy to do. Will the offensive line gel? Will Josh Allen take a step in his second season now that teams have tape on him? And will he be able to fix some of these accuracy issues? I don't know, but it looks a little promising. The defense, I suspect, to be back to where it should be. It should be another top 10 unit. The question is going to be, can the offensive special teams finally just stop losing games for this team like it did last year? While the defense was doing everything it could before the dam burst. But the time is now because they addressed it. They went aggressive. And I'm loving every bit of it. I'm ready for fall. I'm ready. Actually, I'm ready for training camp first. Let's let's take it a day at a time here, a step at a time. I'm ready for training camp. I'm ready to go out there to St. John Fisher. I'm ready to go check out Bill's practice, soak it all in, while probably absolutely getting sunburnt and not giving a care in the world. And I want to see what Josh Allen looks like in his second season. And I want to see what happens here with the wide receiver core. That's an all-out battle for who's going to play. Zay Jones's roster spot is definitely in question after all these moves. LaShawn McCoy, his spot might be in question now with what they've done in the offseason. You can't dismiss that anymore. They're not scared of making bold moves, and I think that if LaShawn McCoy does not do well in training camp, he might be gone before the start of the season. It's a bold thing to say, but I also think that the way that they've made these moves, that's a direction they're not scared of going into. No, not at all, and especially with a especially player. what that, happened last year. That, and especially it's a player that they didn't have a stamp on acquiring. He's one of the few left from the pre, from the past regime. You saw what they did with a player that they did require. They did acquire. They swallowed their pride after acquiring Kelvin Benjamin and not getting the fruits of his labor. And they shipped him off. They cut him, and they were able to swallow their pride. They didn't keep him around just to try and prove to the fan base, the organization, and the hierarchs that hey, we got this guy for a reason. They saw the product. And the results weren't there on the field. And they said, all right, you're not getting it done for us. We're not going to sit around and wait for you to find inspiration. Exactly. This is the NFL. Not for long. What have you done for me lately? That's exactly right. Lord knows what a previous regime could have done with a Kelvin Benjamin. If they go out and sign him in a playoff run, a playoff push like McDermott and Bean were in, Yeah, I don't know. He could still be here. Wrong wrong name, I guess, for the example. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah Uh, I mean they did make that move for him and they did decide to try to make that push and they did make the playoffs in part thanks to a play that was made by him in a snowy in a snowy tundra against Indianapolis a game that they probably would have destroyed the Colts if the playing conditions were fair but they had to gut out a win in snow it was the rare Nathan Peterman threw a touchdown in a game kind of game 
And now, though, two years later, you want to see this team make another push for the playoffs. You've endured a 17-year playoff drought. You definitely don't want to see that sort of thing happen ever again. And I'm not going to say anything about New England. New England's still the class of the division, and until anything shows otherwise, I'm not going to go ahead and bank on them losing more than four games because that's an irresponsible thing to do. But the Bills absolutely should be pushing for a wild-card spot. You don't know what's going to happen now with the AFC North now that Cleveland, of all teams, has decided to suddenly look like a contender on paper. The Steelers, the Ravens are always going to be a thorn in your side. The AFC South is very much largely unsettled. The Colts are there. The Texans are there. The Titans, for some reason, always show up at 9-7 and seven or 8-8, eight and eight, even though they're not good. And who knows what the Jags do when they can bounce, if they could bounce back. There's still two legitimate threats out west with the Chiefs and the Chargers. There's way too much that needs to be rifled through in order for the Bills to actually be considered a playoff contender. But the moves that they made, I expect them to be there. I expect them to be, uh, I'm going to say these dreadful words, in the hunt throughout to Week 17. They better be. Or they better be on the other side of in the hunt. Where they show the six teams and they're actually in a wild card spot. If they don't win nine games to me, they're a disappointment this year. They're good enough. And the start of their schedule is very generous. If you can beat a plucky little Jets team that looks to be your equal in week one, you could realistically look at 4-0. Oh, 4-0, what am I saying? 3-0. They face the Patriots in week four. Let's slow down here. Remember who they face in week four. Come on. But you could be looking at 3-0 start. And would you take 3-1 in the first four weeks? Absolutely. Of course, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. But the Bills team that made the playoffs a couple years back took advantage of a strong start. They got beat up through the middle part of the season. But they had a 5-2 and two to rest their laurels on. Yes. They yep. had. They put games in the bank. Kind of like how we were saying for the Sabres season. Dude. Put the games. Put the wins in the bank. Put the wins in the bank. Keep going. Keep going. Stack them up early. And then just play decent enough that you can make it. Dude, literally the math was all there. The math was all there. Let's, let's not talk about the Pan Sabres. Let's not do that. I'd rather not talk about that. I'd rather talk about the feel-good that the Bills have become, in a sense, with how they've performed through this offseason, how they are looking. Because it's such a stark contrast to what the Sabres are right now. They're looking for another head coach. They are a team that is mired in just some bad spots right now. They collapsed from being being one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, one of the top teams in the entire league at one point, and they just go into a full-on collapse. All they had to do was play 500 hockey. The Bills at least managed that with that 5-2 and two start was to just, hey, play 500 football. That'll get you your four wins, and that'll get you in the playoffs. And they did it. Did they need help? Yes. But in years past, during that playoff drought, they would get that help, and then they would shoot themselves in the foot. Looking at you, 2004. Pittsburgh against third stringers. Truly more of a hoof, isn't it? Yeah. But still, I just... I don't think you understood the pun. Yeah, you're talking about an actual buffalo. All right, all right, okay. Just making sure. Stop throwing me off. I'm excited, though, to see what happens because this it seems like the Bills are just trending in a far different direction than the Sabres are. And that is what has me intrigued about this season is... Just how miserable you've felt about the Sabres this year and how that taste is in your mouth. 
it's going to be refreshing to see something else out on the out on your TVs, you know, to go out and go watch them in live in person. It's going to be so much more of a different feel right now. It's a more optimistic feel. It's a more fuzzy feeling after what you just saw with the Sabres. Where do you stand, by the way? We haven't talked about this much throughout the day, but I've been alluding to it in some of my updates, the uh, the latest on Ziggy Ansah. Are you lukewarm on that? Do you really feel like he's a deal-breaker at this point? Two surgeries deep, 29 years old. If Seattle wins the sweepstakes, as I air quote in the studio, I mean, on one hand, it's you, know, you can never have too many pa- too much pass rushing. And he's done it for a long time in Detroit. But is he damaged goods? And would you – how would you feel if after this sort of two-month saga where we're going to see how he does in April, we'll see how the shoulder is holding up? If he's signed, I'm not surprised if he even gets cut in training camp, whether it's Buffalo or in Seattle, because he's got to deal with coming back from a lot of these surgeries. He does have to deal with that sort of thing, and he does have to contend with other players on a depth chart, be it in Buffalo or be it in Seattle. If he signs, it's a risk worth taking because it's a one-year deal. You're not signing him to a multi-year contract right now. No team is. And that's where I would say if they sign him, awesome. That's another player that you can try to put some competition around it, see if Shaq Lawson gets pushed, see if Trent Murphy gets pushed, see if it helps Jerry Hughes in some way to get an extra pass rusher in here. If they don't don't sign him, well, you didn't lose out on too much here. It's a depth pass rusher that you could or could not have in the lineup. I think it would be beneficial. It would, of course, it's beneficial. To stay in the hunt as long as you can. Yeah. One-year prove-it deals, boy, you sometimes can, get, you can, can sometimes get, get the best. Sometimes you get something good out of it. Out of a guy. Sometimes you don't. And guess what? That's not much loss to go ahead and take on for the right. one-year contract. You can buy them off of that year, and then that cap penalty's gone. Done. Goodbye. Sorry. Didn't work out. I, I think that, uh, again, with how the Bills are doing everything now, how they're conducting business, how Brandon Bean is doing things. When I saw that video that the Bills released for their draft day, you know, moving up in the draft or seeing Ed Oliver falling to them at pick nine, I'm seeing a general manager that really seems like he's got control of things in Brandon Bean. I've really just got this sense that he and his front office staff with Joe Shine and with Dan Morgan, part of that personnel group there, They seem to have a direction that they are going in, that they know that they've got a lot of it back, and they still know they have work to do. But you have the sense that they they know what they're doing. When Jason Bottrell has his team rumored in talking to Jacques Martin, I'm suddenly questioning what the hell is Bottrell thinking. Todd McClellan, the reverse sweep. I don't know what you're thinking. And now there's something from uh, Elliot Friedman yesterday on Sportsnet 590 in Toronto saying that Toronto Marley's coach, Sheldon Keefe, would say no if Buffalo came offering. Well, what the hell? How has this place, how has this team become such a disaster and a train wreck that a coach would decline an NHL head coaching opportunity? They don't come around often. There's only 31 of them currently in existence and soon to be only 32. But you, you guys have managed to implode this organization to the point where a minor league head coach suddenly goes, you know what, I'm not, I'm, I'm not liking it. This ain't it, Chief. 
I don't know, man. I think it says a lot too when the own the coach of the Sabers own farm system isn't ready. He's still he's, undecided. He's, yeah, he's still undecided on if he wants to. Keith saw that. Yeah, Chris Taylor's in the same boat. That graduation doesn't happen for everybody. And when you have an opportunity, especially in an organization where you have a good track record and a good resume, and you be graduating and coaching players that you've had experience with in the minors as well, you can reap that success just next to them on another level. And he's still undecided. People see that. People read that. Yeah. It says a lot. It does say a lot. And it's what has happened. And for the love of God, I hate that I continue to have to bring this up because it's on the text line, so of course I have to say something about it. It is not about how they decided to tank. It has been four years now. And what they did was made some stupid deals, overpaid for some players, and put some bad free agent contracts on their team to make it worse. It was not the fact that they went ahead and were terrible for Sam Reinhart, then Jack Eichel. It was what they did after it. Plus, we're talking about coaching anyway, and there's a Stanley Cup caliber coach behind the bench after those years. Yes. It's really off topic at this point. It is. We weren't even discussing the, the on-ice product. We were talking about why do you coach it? What's the problem with the coaching? The on-ice product has been something that needed That's to be addressed. That's a different discussion, though. But it was addressed. Yes. They, ro- they overhauled a lot of the roster. And they were still bad. That had to do with the coaching. But again, they're still bad. I hate talking about the Sabres right now. All of this is just, it makes you angry. No matter who you are, talking about the Sabres just makes you angry right now. It makes you testy. That's why I love talking about the Bills right now, because they're in such a different direction. They make you feel good. They make you feel like, hey, maybe we can see something about playoffs. That'd be great. Postseason activities from a Buffalo major sports team. That'd be cool. Awesome. Please, for the love of God, make us not have to worry about the Sabres right now. That's the role that the Bills have to play right now is, please go 3-1 and one in your first month so that we don't have to worry about anything with the Sabres. We could just be all in on the Bills this year. Kind of like two years ago. Nobody really mired in the misery of the Sabres season two years ago when they finished 31st in the National Hockey League because the Bills were lighting things up. Last call coming up here on the nightcap, 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, Marcos Watkins helping out in other ways around today, chopping up some sound, helping out with screening calls, the likes here This is the Nightcap. One more segment for your last call on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, intern Marcus Watkins helping out along as well tonight here on a Nightcap production that does not have the sneaky Joe as he's got a couple days off here today. So expect the same crew hanging around with you tomorrow night from 7 to 9. Interesting show tomorrow morning for uh, Howard and Jeremy, by the way. I saw the guests that they have lined up there. And uh, Joe Girardi at 8.30, the former Yanks manager. Yeah, who's got the plug? I almost couldn't believe it said Joe Girardi up there. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool get. Uh, that's going to be interesting. And uh, if, it's, if it's a good listen, that might be played back here on the nightcap. And then Aaron Port's line of The Athletic on at 9, 
talking some NHL with the guys in the AM. And then tonight, obviously, after we're done here in about seven minutes or so, at 8.45, then we start coverage of Sharks and Avalanche. It's a very interesting game, and I would like to see whoever wins this game in this series be the Stanley Cup champion. Colorado's a fun team to watch. That top line, Nathan McKinnon does not get the billing he deserves. And then the Sharks. How can you not cheer for guys like a Joe Thornton or a Joe Pavelski or a Logan Couture, who is a Bills fan, by the way? And a halfway decent goal horn, which you heard a lot of when they had a historic power play with four goals in five minutes. You heard a lot of this, actually. When they go ahead and come back on Vegas and then take the lead, they give up a goal in the last minute, but you kind of had the sense that destiny was kind of laying itself out, that Vegas was going to choke. They had a 3-1 series lead. They gave that up. They had a 3-0 lead. They gave that up. At some point, you do see it that sometimes maybe the belief in momentum actually does have something to say in professional sports. Maybe confidence does have something to play after you give up a lead in a series, a whole two games, and then you give up a 3 nothing lead halfway through the third period as you looked to be clinching things. There might be something about confidence in, in games that sometimes doesn't need to take as much credence, but there are moments like that where you see it and you actually really get the sense of, oh, man. That's that's wild. Some of the craziest things happen in that regard in those rare instances. And it's always fun to talk about. So the Sharks and the Avalanche. Kyle, I'm putting you on the spot here. Make a pick. Who's winning tonight's Game 7 between Colorado and San Jose? Well said. You just wanted to play the goal horn again. I love that we have this page. This thank, is awesome. Thank Brayton for that. He put that all together. He got all the goal horns and he put them on one page. But yeah, I, I'm I'm taking the Sharks there as well. I think that it'd be fun to see San Jose there in the Western Conference Finals against St. Louis. The one downside on it for a Sabres fan angle is you get to see Evander Kane playing against Ryan O'Reilly. And you're like, oh man, three years ago, where'd the time go? Yeah, but on the flip side, you'd also get JT Comfer versus Ryan O'Reilly. A so player, it's really it's a win-win. A player used in the Ryan O'Reilly trade to Buffalo against the player then you traded away from Buffalo. Saberception. Blah. All you were missing was Robin Leonard not getting swept by the Hurricanes. Nice job, guys. And then there would have been just all mass panic and hysteria from Sabres fans. And Nikita Zadorov. Oh, that's right. Zadorov's on that team because he was traded there thanks to Ryan O'Reilly. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, uh, let's just keep it simple. Go Sharks. Do you think <laughs> we see a Joe Pavelski gutted out for Game 7 type I, appearance tonight? I genuinely hope not. I'd rather he at least get one more day of rest and then he'll try to come back for the conference finals. See, but... It's not a guarantee that he would be back, yeah. But at the same time, I would rather a player think about his health for once, and we know players don't often think about that. 
They usually just try to gut things out and try to fight through it anyway. So I, th I would hope for his sake that he doesn't end up suiting up tonight. You know, get a little more extra rest. See if you can travel with the team if you have to travel. It's a, it's a mixed emotion there. But if he is healthy enough to play, then get back in there. Just don't rush yourself back in there. That's not something you want to do, and it doesn't benefit you or the team at all when you do that. Because I'm pretty sure they would just rather want able bodies that are able to race around the entire time and not have to worry about anything health-wise about a player. I'm still excited to watch it. This has been the most fun series, I think, of the second round. I'm happy that Dallas and the Islanders are out. Dallas for multiple reasons, but the reason I'm putting them and the Islanders in the same category is they play a little bit more of a boring style of hockey. So for maximum watchability, I'm very, very happy that the Dallas Stars are gone, and I'm happy only about the reason that the Islanders are gone because of the fact that they play a boring style of hockey. I'm not thrilled about the Hurricanes being in the Eastern Conference Finals. I hate that. I, I absolutely hate that. At least they're a fun organization that is being a bunch of jerks and embracing that role. And then there's Boston. Oh, go to hell, Boston. As the music comes in, we're about a minute away from taking our break and five minutes away from coverage starting for Sharks and Avalanche, Game 7. Hope for another overtime, folks, because Game 7 overtimes have proven to be wild. The Sharks actually just got through one of those to advance to the second round, and now they have to do it again, at home no less, to try to advance to the Western Conference Finals. Could you imagine advancing back-to-back -back rounds in Game 7 overtime? That'd be wild. Thanks for listening. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell. This has been the Nightcap. We'll be back tomorrow night. Howard and Jeremy, 6 to 10. They get it started tomorrow. Peace out. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.